WEPM and WCST. I'm Cheryl Golden. The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday, September the 20th. You are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how are you doing this morning? How was your weekend? It was good. It was really good. How about yours? You were everywhere. Oof. It was busy, but it was fun. A lot of good Good uh, football to be watched with Shepard getting a big win uh, on the road at IUP. And then um, Berkeley Springs coming up just a little short against Frankfurt over the weekend on the road. But, okay, uh, can I say, can I brag on my co-host? I, I listened not to the entire games, but uh, I, I caught a good bit of the coverage for both of those games. And you're really good at it. <laughs> and uh, and your, your uh, color commentary guys are really good. And I have to say... The Shepherd game, I was listening to that, and you guys are hysterical. So if, yeah, if folks have not listened to a Shepherd's Ram uh, game on the big dog, uh, it, you need to tune in uh, and and just listen, because the repartee is witty, as they say. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you listening, too. You don't have to. I know you're not a big sports baller, as you like to say, <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you tuning in. But yeah, it's fun. You can't, uh, can't beat just... Sitting at a ball game and you know talking about it for a few hours, you especially were, when it's a good to, game. You had to go to Pennsylvania. I you, did. You were in yeah. Johnstown. That's so Johnstown, crazy. Johnstown, Indiana, Pennsylvania. That is um, for very the first confusing. time ever. Yeah, so it was cool. It was very cool. But I uh, appreciate you listening. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm awful with taking compliments, so I don't know what else to say. No, you guys were great. So I'm, I'm just telling the <laughs> listeners, listen in because it's funny and it's you know accurate and all that. You know, listening for the football, but like you know. Enjoy the also a little banter back and yeah. forth every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, because the refs were not kind no. to our guys. No, they weren't. But that's an away game for you, especially in the PSAC. And uh, the next game, it's the Rams' first uh, home game of the season, and it's family day against Kutztown. It's going to be at 12 noon this Saturday, the 25th, uh, at Shepherd in Shepherdstown at Shepherd University. So uh, it's always a fun time going to a Shepherd game on a Saturday afternoon. Sure. And it's supposed to be like. 72 degrees and perfect. perfect. So, yeah, uh, I'm down for that. But I appreciate it. And we do have our uh, first guest joining us in studio. It's Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning. How are you folks? Good. good. Did you absorb any football over oh, the Oh, I'm not a football person. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a, a track and field cross country yes, we know. person. We were talking about that before yeah. the show. Yeah. Uh, Clint was always the guy with the, with the camera on the sidelines at the um, track and field and right. the cross country meets. Yeah, on this Saturday, the weather was cool. The weather mm-hmm. was perfect. So I thought I'd take on my son in a 5K and found out that um, I'm getting older. <laughs> he whopped me. You didn't pull out any dad tricks to like, uh, I remember <laughs> playing basketball one-on-one with my dad and he would like make, make some crazy rule up so he'd always end up winning. He took the lead on the second step and never looked back. Oh, oh. 
Well, yeah, was, there's uh, always that day, isn't so there? So I'm barely walking. He said it's morning. <laughs> he taught him everything he knows. That's, That's true. Just put That's that true. out there. And you let him win. Yeah, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so what's going on in the world of solid waste? Well, we have a very, very busy next six weeks. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on uh, at the end of September and then throughout October. The first of which I'd like to mention is uh, Operation Green Lid. Uh, this is a, a school recycling contest, if you will, that we've done since 2015. And it's an opportunity for science classes and, and, uh, and maybe some environmental clubs and such to, to participate in recycling and uh, with us. And then at the end of the school year, we, uh, we add up who brought us the most totes or the most bags of recyclables, and they win some cash. Wow. So... Um, <clears throat> Spring Mills High School and James Rumsey has uh, uh, dominated the, the winnings of that uh, program, and we're hoping some new schools join in. But uh, uh, we're hope to announce the winner in uh, on, on or around May the fifteenth of next year, which is going to coincide with the two hundred fiftieth commemoration celebrations. Uh, of the county now how could uh, if somebody's listening maybe taking their kid to school well i guess it's a little late now it's nine but uh, you know they're on the way to school we're gonna be picking their kid they're up getting from their school. coffee yeah so uh and they're up. hearing this and maybe you know their school might not be in it can how can they you know tell their principal or whoever to get involved in right this? just just call our office call the office of the solid waste authority at uh 304-267-9370 ask for lynn and she'll get you started but basically uh, you'll be given some totes donated by Apple Valley, and those totes are like trash containers on wheels, but they have a green lid. Yeah. Hence the name Operation uh-huh. Green Lid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you cycle those totes full, and then we empty them and you take them back. So you'll need a volunteer driver to bring the recyclables to the Grapevine Road Recycling Center. And those totes are added up at the end of the year, and, uh, and then the winners determined from that. Great opportunity for a student to start a recycling club. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's, it's any time we can get the youth thinking about their, the management of their waste, whether it's recycling or resource recovery or even litter. Anytime you get a youth thinking about, about that, it's a good thing. You know, on the other hand of that, another thing that you guys are involved in, of course, is in Sorga, yep. which is, you know, waste of fuel, right. which is another way of, you know, of being responsible with what we've got. And uh, every time I tell someone who's not in this area about Ensorga, they're they're like flummoxed. What do you mean? You've got that in your area and your trash yep. just goes to them. Right. And uh, and, and me mentioning uh, Ensorga helps me uh, remember that tomorrow is their free day. Ah, there you uh, go. So from hours of one to four. Uh, come to the Grapevine Road Re- uh, Recycling Center with your trash, with your mixed garbage, and, and Sorga will do an inspection there, and what qualifies, they will accept for free. Uh, th- that's something that they promised to do when they uh, first opened, uh, was to open their doors to the public, and this is a way that, uh, for those that don't subscribe to trash service that might want more of a do-it-yourself or type mm-hmm. individual, they can bring it again, between the hours of one and four tomorrow. So someone asked me this the other day, are all Apple Valley customers uh, assured their trash goes to Ensorga or is it certain groups? Well, I can't say the word all, but Apple Valley clearly is the predominant hauler to Ensorga. But there are are certain kinds of waste that cannot go into Ensorga. I'll I'll use construction and demolition waste as an example. That will be landfilled. There are times when Ensorga is down that waste will need to go to the landfill. There are times when Ensorga's um, in, a, in a situation where their offtake partner 
uh, is, is, is down, even though Insorga is up. So it's not, I can't say all, but I can say a lot. Yes. Now we've been talking to you, you know, off and on here for the, really the whole year so far. And it's been interesting to talk to you because, uh, when we first started talking to you here, when the pandemic was still, I mean, it's still going on, but when it was still pretty bad at the beginning of things, um, and you seemed pretty down in the dumps because of the situation with Mm -hmm. recycling. And then, uh, most recently we talked to you and now it's everything, you know, it seems a little bit more, uh, promising. So how are things going in the recycling world around here? Well, the commodity markets is still very tough, um, uh, 18 months ago, paper, mixed paper and cardboard collapsed, plastic collapsed, mixed paper and cardboard are back and they're, they're back at record highs. Now, what uh, causes that? Is it just like a supply chain thing? It or? is, it is. It's, it's, the, it depends on what's being manufactured ultimately yeah. down the road somewhere. And, um, if we're not manufacturing from those products, you can't collect those products and just simply stockpile them somewhere. So, um, yeah, uh, cardboard and mixed paper are back. Uh, we're actually starting to see some royalties from that. It does not exceed the transportation costs of those materials. Um, How are but, we paying for that then? Well, it's coming out of the Solid Waste Authority's budget. It's coming directly out of our budget. And we did also get a, uh, some support from the West Virginia Solid Waste Management Board about a month ago. They announced a $10,000 grant to us specifically for the transportation cost of cardboard. Uh, plastics is still, um, a kind of a turmoil. Uh, we are starting to see a slight turnaround in that, but, um, uh, Minsorga has stepped up. They've offered plastic, uh, services at the Grapevine Road Recycling Center. So the only gap that's left is offering that services down at our South Berkeley Center, which, you know, again, it's going to depend on a quarter by quarter review of our budget. And it's worrisome, I know, from your perspective, because if yep. people aren't offered it, they get out of the habit. That, that, that's right. You lose customers, they get frustrated, and and they may or may not come back. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's something I lost a lot of sleep over when it happened. But, I've, you know, we've all learned to come just deal with it and, and, and move forward. Electronics was tough, too, by the way. Um, in the beginning, where we market our electronics, they simply quit accepting material. Hmm. So we stockpiled material expecting that we might have to shut it down. Well, as it turns out, the company called Green Wave was able to reopen, limit its schedule, and then open fully. And we were not able to, and we were not, it wasn't necessary for us to shut down. But we've never caught up. If you go down to the South Berkeley Recycling Center, there is two or three loads of tractor-trailer loads of electronics sitting around waiting to go out just because we've not called up on our end. Hmm. So there's, it's, the impacts are still there, but they certainly aren't what they were last summer. Yeah, we're speaking with Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. Another thing you guys did uh, a lot this summer that I thought was pretty cool, and I think I brought it up every time we talked to you, is the uh, cleaning, you know, picking up the Opecan Creek yep, and the yep. waterways around. Uh, I guess that's probably starting to come to an end for you as the weather's starting to change. But right. how was it this summer? Did you see any uh, good things coming from, you know, out of the water systems yeah, and waterways? We, we, were in the, we were in Back Creek Saturday. Um, uh, the water temperature is warmer than the air temperature right Oof, at this time that's of the always year. Good. So, uh, we'll probably be still be able to go another month before we start walking along the banks and mm-hmm. rather than getting in the water. Now, did you notice a lot of, you know, litter this year or different, you know, things in the water? Nothing odd this year. Uh, the Opecan Creek was ideal for us this year. It was hmm. water was very low. And uh, the Apecan Creek tends to have more water generally than Back Creek. So we focused on the Apecan Creek because we could see very clearly to the bottom in a lot of places we couldn't before. 
Uh, so uh, I am sure when the numbers are added up that, that we will have pulled hundreds of tires out of the Peckin Creek this year. Uh, well, what is it with people chucking tires in creeks? What is it with that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't understand any of that, of course. But um, uh, we started uh, at the Virginia line, pretty close to the West Virginia-Virginia line uh, on the south end of the county and swept the Apecan over and over mm. and over. And we would do a stretch of a couple miles and get as many tires as you can get in two or three canoes. And then we repeat it next week and do it again. Man, it was that many. Yeah, it was that many. But um, uh, I do know, I do remember that uh, I added some numbers up a couple of weeks ago that the, the roadside cleanup program and the stream cleanup program has hit a milestone. We've now collected over 500,000 pounds of material. So half a million pounds of trash off our roads and out off the streams. And uh, Wow, that's uh, impressive. And congratulations. Well, well, That's well thank cool. you. I, I, uh, I have to, you know, give a lot of shout out to people who help. Uh, Mike Lang runs the roadside um, pickup program and uh, his staff does a wonderful job. And um, uh, our staff runs the stream cleanup program and our staff does a wonderful job. And despite all the challenges the last couple of years, we've managed to keep it up. And we're going to find out how we do here because the state of West Virginia is going to announce and probably about a month, the the winner of the Clean County Contest, and we'll see if we if we land in it. We did submit a nomination, so we'll see if we land there. Are even, we the cleanest county? I didn't county. Even know that was a thing. That's it cool. is. We've won first, second, or third place for the last 10 years. What do so. you win? Uh, Bragging rights? A couple Golden thousand dollars. A couple thousand dollars and a, and a nice little, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and a nice little uh, trophy. So I That's like cool. your idea, though. Did they send you a golden trash can with a plaque? I think that'd be cool. <laughs> Again, we're speaking with Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. Now, we got to head to a break here in just a minute, but can you let everybody know uh, how they can get in touch with y'all, you know, about maybe the Green Lid uh, program and different things if they want to help volunteer? Yeah, again, our office number is 267-9370, or our email address is office at berkeleycountyrecycling.com, and go to our website at uh, berkeleycountyrecycling.com. Awesome. Again, Clint Hogan from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. Thanks for uh, stopping in this morning. It's nice to finally meet you in person for yes, once. Yes, it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewater. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it before the break, we had Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority in to talk about, well, the Solid Waste Authority some of the programs they're doing with the schools and recycling and uh, just the state of recycling here in the Panhandle, which at one point talking to Clint uh, was very uh, doom and gloom, but Mm -hmm. now seems to be, uh, you know, Good. Everything seems to be pretty good now. Yeah, optimistic, um, which is always good to hear. So if you missed any of that, you can listen back to that a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. But yeah, it's always cool to talk to Clint and hear about all the stuff they're doing uh, because, you know, recycling stuff... And, you know, cleanups and whatnot, Hart, you hardly ever hear about them. And then you just notice it because then mm-hmm. it's like, well, there's no trash around here. So it's right. like everybody's like, oh, it looks clean. But somebody's out there making Absolutely. everything look clean. So uh, I always like talking to Clint and hearing about all they're doing. Yeah. And I know we've talked to, to them and to the alternative sentencing folks before about how some of the folks who have gotten caught litter, littering 
have been tasked with helping clean mm-hmm. up and they're like, I'm never going to litter again. <laughs> Absolutely. And Not you shouldn't that. anyways. But uh, right. yeah, I appreciate all the Clinton and everybody at the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority are doing. And like I said, if you missed any of that, you can listen back to that a little bit later on today. But before we go to our next break, I want to play uh, a little bit of the post game show from the Berkeley County Frankfurt or Berkeley County from the Berkeley Springs Frankfurt game. Uh, uh, just recapping what was going on. I think the player of the games in here and whatnot too. So uh, here's that a little recap of Berkeley Springs at Frankfurt last Friday. Ready. It's Berkeley Springs football on 92.9 WXDC. Welcome back to Ridgely, West Virginia. Your final score here, 67-26. Falcons take this win over the Berkeley Springs Indians into the Tribe postgame show here on 92.9 WXDC. Before we uh, get into the player of the game and looking forward towards Tucker County next week, let's take a look at the City National Bank scoreboard. City National Bank, proud sponsor of this year's coverage of Tribe Football. Speaking of Tucker County, uh, as I just scrolled past it here, they are trailing Moorefield 26 to nothing uh, at the half, as it says here on Metro News. A couple uh, other scores to look at. Kaiser, this was the game of the night, game of the week in Class 2A. Kaiser taking on Robert C. Bird, and at the half, uh, Kaiser beating Robert C. Bird 21-7, which is a uh, surprising outcome there. RCB always tough, but we uh, saw firsthand from Kaiser that they are also uh, a pretty tough team. So that's a quick uh, look around the scoreboard here. East Fairmont uh, leading Braxton County 24-20 to currently in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, yeah, that'll do it for the City National Bank scoreboard. Again, uh Berkeley Springs High School football brought to you by Bentley Specialty Pet Food, your top-notch go-to for pet care and supplies. Visit them at 101 East Main Street in Hedgesville and on Facebook. Dawson's Home Center, 99 Business Park Circle, a proud supporter of Berkeley Springs High School football. And, of course, Trump and Trump LLC, your blue book of attorneys since 1935. And I'll bring uh, Dylan Bishop in to the uh, show here. So what are you thinking, I guess, just a final bow here on this game. Uh, what are you taking away from it? Frankfurt's is always a tough team to play against for us. And I think we saw enough promising things on offense to build on for the rest of the year. Defense, you know, the wing tee, as we said, it's it's a offense you're not going to face much. You and can kind of just scrap that out of your memory at this point. You've right. seen it twice, you're probably not going to see it again. So you can kind of scrap it, which is a nice thing. I think if you followed Berkeley Springs uh, long enough, you know that these kind of games against Frankfurt happen a lot. They don't t- give you a big tell for the rest of the season, really. If you give Frankfurt a run for their money in a game, they can say, okay, this is a really promising year. But say, losing a game like this in this fashion to Frank- uh, Frankfurt, it doesn't really it doesn't necessarily say a lot for the rest of the season. So you can take the positives and kind of leave the negatives behind. And say, you know, you'll get Hunter Ambrose back, uh, hopefully. You'll get... Uh, you know, more stuff out of Gavin and Evan. You know, Tymir Ross, the, uh, last year, is one of the better wide receivers on this team. May only be a few weeks away from coming back. So it'll be an interesting team, and there's a lot to build on here. Now, uh, just getting an update here, an injury update. Uh, you mentioned a little bit ago we didn't see a lot of Sean Lord today. It's because he uh, suffered a dislocated shoulder there in the first quarter. I don't know oh. how I missed that. Uh, I don't don't ever recall really him being on the ground that long. Uh, but, yeah, a dislocated shoulder from Sean Lord. So we'll keep, you, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. But let's uh, move forward here to our player of the game, brought to you by Dawson Tome Center at 99 Business Park Circle, proud supporter of Berkeley Springs High School football. And I think we came to a uh, conclusion on that one. 
We're going to give it to Gavin Barkley this week. You know, you could you could say that, you know Evan Thompson had a really good uh, game on the on the on the ground, had you know over 150 yards. But we see what Gavin Barkley was able to do with what he had to handle. You know, they had a lot you know a lot of pressure in his face the entire game. Uh, didn't throw an interception. Didn't take a sack. Ended up with three touchdowns. I have him on uh, 12 completions, uh, 22 attempts, 167 yards through three touchdowns on the day, and then added on 40 yards on the ground. Uh, you know, had that big 25-yard run on the read option. Uh, the stats w- aren't going to blow you away on this one. Yep. And obviously, in the, in the scoreboard, you can see there's not a whole lot of stats that could blow you away. But I was really impressed with what Gavin was able to do. It didn't Again, no interceptions, no sacks, with all the pressure that was in his face. Missing, you know, so far his best receiver of the year, Sean Lord, went out in the first quarter with a dislocated shoulder. And for him to still, you know, did what he did uh, says a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he had to do – he's going to be tired on the bus. He's going to be a little sore yes. tomorrow. He had to do a lot of running around, uh, again, with a little bit of a uh, patchwork offensive line there and a strong defensive line from Frankfurt really uh, kind of made him be a little bit more mobile of a quarterback than we're used to. But, yeah, I think he's well-deserving of the Dawson Home Center player of the game. Now let's look ahead towards Tucker County next week. Uh, at, as of now, Tucker County 1-2. and two on the year as they're playing Moorefield right now. Their last game, uh, last Friday on the 10th, a 46 to nothing loss to East Hardy. Uh, they beat Tigers Valley 16-14 to two weeks ago, and then to start the year, uh, they played a school out of, I believe, Ohio, maybe, or maybe uh, somewhere around there, out of state, and uh, they lost 34-14. to But we will be facing them uh, next week. All, they will be uh, home. It will be a home game next week, so make sure uh, you're coming out for that one. If you're around town, should be a good one. And come out and support these Berkeley Springs Indians this year because, hey, they're working hard. They're showing a lot of effort, a lot of grit, which you saw out there uh, in this game tonight because they very easily could have kind of, you know, packed it up, said, hey, uh, maybe it's time to start thinking about math homework or something like that, right, and keep things moving. But they didn't. They stayed in the game. They stayed hustling. They stayed playing hard. Uh, and it was a good game. And, you know, and I think uh, all in all, uh, you know, a good one uh, here tonight in Ridgely, West Virginia. But for Dylan Bishop, I'm Jordan Nicewonder. Your final score, 67-26, to 26, as we are back home next week against uh, Tucker Counties. Come on out, support these guys. Uh, thanks to Adam back at the station for running everything tonight. And from Ridgely, West Virginia, one more time, your final score, 67-26. to 26. Uh, Have a good one. We'll see you next Friday. So that was a little bit of a recap from the uh, frankfurt Berkeley Springs game last week, which uh, looks, looked a little lot, well, it looks lopsided on the uh, scorecard. But, you know, all in all, it's a, it was a promising, if you can say a, a good loss, it was a good loss for Berkeley Springs. Well, yeah, they, they scored a lot of touchdowns, right? Correct. Yeah, good. <laughs> this hurts so much yeah. saying these words. <laughs> what else and you got? It, 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 was, it was more than the spread that other teams have mm-hmm. been able to get against that team. Yeah, Frankfurt had only given up eight points total in their first uh, three games, and then Berkeley Springs comes in and puts 24 on them. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, it looks like a bad loss uh, points-wise, but uh, all in all, it was uh, there was a lot of good things to take out of that game. Two other things I want to point out. One is that uh, the coach said when you guys are broadcasting, you're on all, in all the <laughs> restaurants in Berkeley Springs. The other thing is uh, during the game, we had some parents interacting with us on the Facebook page, giving some updates from the sidelines, which was awesome. Yes, that Thank was you. Yeah, it was needed because a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but a handful 
handful of players uh, got hurt and had to leave and like mm-hmm. go to the hospital and stuff. And we never even there weren't even injury timeouts on the field, so I totally missed all that um, until. You started sending me uh, screenshots, people. The uh, mom crew it. from yeah. the sideline came through. They were so on it. Thank you to all those folks listening to XDC, to the to the play-by-play, but also being part of the coverage. Absolutely. You can catch every Berkeley Springs High School game on our sister station, 92.9 WXDC, and free on the 92.9 uh, WXDC app. But stick around after the break. We're going to have Robbie Blair uh, and a new Main Street Martinsburg board member in to talk about the Food Truck Festival, which is coming up. And it sounds like it's going to be a really cool event. So stick around for that and more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you've missed any of the show so far, we had Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority on at the beginning of things to talk about, well, the Solid Waste Authority and uh, recycling here in the Panhandle. We also had a little recap of the Berkeley Springs uh, Frankfurt game over the weekend. If you missed any of that, you can listen to it a little bit later on today. But we do have our next guest here in our next guests here in studio. It's Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat uh, talking about the uh, food truck event going on downtown here in a few weeks. And I said everybody's name's right and everybody gave me a Woo-hoo. thumbs up, which is always good. So how are y'all doing this morning? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. We should say Michelle is from Advocate Insurance Group, the presenting sponsor of yes. Food Fest. Yes. Absolutely. Truck, so uh, Food Truck Fest. Food Truck Fest. Now, a lot of people are talking about this Food Truck Fest and uh, are very excited about it. So, uh, Robbie, I'll hand it over to you and to kind of describe what's going to be going on. Yeah. Uh, well, so, actually, let me interrupt you. I want to ask you, how are things going in your new role? <laughs> things are going really well. Um, the, the best part of the job is the interaction with the community. And I would say the biggest, uh, not surprise, but just the boost that I've gotten has been the support from everybody. Everybody's been so helpful. Everybody's been so willing to, you know, do their part to help me get acclimated. And, um, yeah, no surprise. Like I said, um, we have such a great community and our downtown community is doing so, so awesome. And, uh, I think one of the indicators is the, the buy-in here for this event too. Um, the four state food truck festival coming up, that's been a lot of the attention that I've been, you know, focused on, uh, starting out in, it's going to be a really cool event, October 23rd um, from 12 to 7. We're going to have so many different food trucks. Hey, how uh, many trucks are you expecting downtown? Expecting? I think uh, anywhere from 15 to 20. Oh um, right God. now, we're confirmed We're confirmed with 11 and a couple of people that just haven't put in their applications yet. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a ton of food trucks that'll be downtown. That's so cool. Yeah. A great variety, too, mm-hmm. of food trucks. Yeah, so. yeah we have... Um, we have some pretty unique options. You know, it's some niche things. Right. Uh, obviously, there's going to be barbecue. Um, we have some uh, there people from out of town. We have desserts. We have, have any of you ever had a pierogi? Oh, oh too yeah. many. Are you kidding yeah. me? Too many pierogies. I'm married into a Polish family. I can make a pierogi. <laughs> and I lived out close, good. <laughs> and I lived close enough to Western Pennsylvania for long enough that mm-hmm. I've had enough pierogies in my Love day. Love good pierogies. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you know good and well that a pierogi truck is going to crush it at oh, this event. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's the so, best thing about food trucks. You never can, know what food you're going to get. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we get first in line there, Robbie? Well, it's free to attend, so, <laughs> you know... <laughs> 
You just got to get there Come on uh, out. right at noon. Yeah, explain the mechanics of this because sometimes we have events where it's like a beer garden or something and you, you get a wristband and mm-hmm. you go in. But this is, uh, you're you're actually paying at the food truck? Yeah. Okay. So it it's, you know, imagine yourself just going downtown, going business to business. Same deal. We're just inviting new portable businesses to come down <laughs> all at the same consolidated location, um, free to attend. You know, we're going to have uh, some signs and Hopefully some transportation for some parking, you know, because us blocking off so many streets of Queen Street will be kind of crazy. But um, yeah, we're just show up, pick your food truck. We have uh, three really awesome bands performing. Big party. Yeah. It's yeah. a big party. Exactly. And it's going to be a tailgate situation, too, for the West Virginia game. That's going to be that Saturday and the Shepherd game that Saturday. Now we'll bring uh, Michelle in. Um, I guess kind of describe, you know, your company's uh, involvement in this and what you're uh, looking forward to and expecting from the weekend. Sure. Uh, I've been serving on the board for Main Street Martinsburg for a long time. I won't date myself with the number <laughs> of years, uh, but obviously we're excited. This is going to be Robbie's first big event that he's putting on. Uh, as the director for Main Street. And what we're trying to do, Advocate Insurance Group is located right downtown in Martinsburg. We've been there for, well, since 2008. Um, So we really want to support everything that's going on downtown. There's so much, uh, so many businesses, so many things going on. We want to bring more people in. So having this food truck fest, uh, literally the last couple of years, we've just heard so many people requesting this. Mm Uh, so we decided let's just not just do food trucks. Let's have a beer garden. Let's do live music, three live bands throughout the day. We've got a DJ who's going to take us through the whole day. We've got kids stuff, um, balloons, arm painting, all kinds of fun stuff. So we're excited to just, you know, have a party, get people downtown, get people outside, um, and see what Martinsburg has to offer. Um, and, what better way to do that than a food truck fest? Absolutely. And it's cool because it's a different type of event for this area, at yes. least. You know, you never hear about food trucks. You hear about the normal stuff like, uh, you know, blocking off a section to have like a band and, you know, some drinks and whatever. But you don't hear about like all of downtown being shut down for right. a food truck thing mm-hmm. with all these other uh, amenities that are going to be there, too. So it's a pr- very cool idea. I'll also add, uh, you know, Advocate Insurance is the presenting sponsor um, of the event, but it's not just a financial thing. Michelle has been so integral in all the planning of this. This is really her baby. And I mean, honestly, uh, this event has been planned prior to when I came on. Um, and there's been so much work that's gone into this for so many months. Um, and Michelle has really put in the hours and made this, you know, what it is. It's going to be awesome. And thanks, a lot Robbie. of thanks because of Michelle. Well, we have an awesome uh, group of people putting this on. So there are, uh, what, seven or eight of us on the committee that yep. are working together to make sure that this goes off without a hitch and is a lot of fun for everybody who wants to attend. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the WVU game being streamed. Yeah. I always, you know. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, especially after that big win this past weekend. Ooh. Taking down Virginia Tech. You're mm-hmm. telling Black Diamond Trophy, big game. So, practically speaking, mm-hmm. where are people going to park? And also, where do they eat once they, you know, pick up their food from the food truck? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, fingers crossed that the uh, Martin Street across from the Apollo, that that... Uh, Parking that lot. parking lot will be finished mm-hmm. by then. So let it be written. Yeah. So let it be done. <laughs> there's a couple. There's like the Burke Street parking lot there. There's right. a couple of different ways. There's so three have, big parking lots yeah. downtown. Yes. And uh, on both sides of Burke, we're only blocking off um, small sections of that for uh, 
parking is the main reason. So we'll have both of those parking lots. Um, and hopefully uh, there is a little bit of a shortage with um, drivers right now, mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll have some trolleys um, picking people up there. Uh, they're going to have a loop basically around the perimeter of downtown where um, it, if you want to park down at the behind the school old school board building um, over by the roundhouse. Uh, I know there's an event going on down there that day as well, but you know, there's plenty of spaces that we'll be looping around parking, picking people up, dropping them off all day. Um, and then we're going to have some tables set up right in the middle. It's basically a little T on, on Burke street and, uh, queen street, uh, both sides of that. We're going to have some tables set up so that you can enjoy the music. You can get your food, come sit down, you know, relax, listen, enjoy the game. The beer's going to be there. So we'll have a little, uh, common area if you will and, and some it's cool radio kits will be there too oh yeah, yeah. Our station from uh uh why am I blanking? 97.5? Yes, thank you. I wanted to say something else. 97.5 will be there uh, broadcasting live and I think probably playing some music and having giveaways and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah We're absolutely. looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, free parking all day. Just wanted to make sure. Ooh. Yes, free parking all day. Look us up on Facebook. Follow us. We'll give you the details once we have everything ironed out as far as the shuttle service. Yep. Um, and the parking and all that kind of good stuff, too. Again, we're speaking with Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat from Main Street Martinsburg talking about the four-state food truck fest that's coming up uh, here in just a uh, few weeks. So uh, real quick before we have to go to break, uh, whoever wants to take it, just a quick little overview about the event, how they can you know find more information about you know, the four-state food truck event, uh, but everything else you guys are doing with Main Street Martinsburg. Yeah, uh, October 23rd from 12 to 7 p.m. We're having this awesome food truck event. We have food trucks. It's the four state, so we have food trucks from all around coming. And I would say a big thing, a big shout out, if you are a local truck or if you're a local artist, we're having uh, pop-ups for artists that you can just, um, you can find on our Facebook and on our website. You can find applications and we'd love to have you be a part of the event. So whatever art you have, you know, set up and just add to the day. We have live music. The WVU game will be on a big screen TV, cold beer, and good food. Awesome. Now, I'll ask you guys, I'll ask the entire group here one more question. If you had a food truck, what would what food would you make in that food truck? We'll start with you, Robbie. I, I'm, I already am a huge barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love... A little brisket and stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I do my annual brisket smoke in the, in the summertime. So, All I right. think you stick with what you're good at. That's okay. what I would do. Cool with that. What about you, Michelle? Hands down, kebab truck. Oh, yeah. Yes. Love that. Now, are you talking Persian what kind of kebab? kebabs? All right. Like yes. with the lamb with hanging yeah. there and stuff? Right. Ooh. Yeah. I could get down with that. What about you, Marsha? Um, well, okay. I I would love to line up at the barbecue stand, but I think you can't go wrong with like boardwalk fries. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like all the cheese and stuff that people like on. Mm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I should have well, been thinking about it while I was asking everybody else Lots and listening to everybody else because right? I can't think of... Uh, <laughs> Can't think of what I would do. All Although I think, hmm, so I so this is what I'd do because I've seen this once. It was a cereal truck, huh. and they had cereal. Yeah, they were giving out bowls of cereal. You could just buy like whatever you wanted, anything, any cereal it. you could think of. And I think cereal is like the best meal for any occasion. So why not have it? Could you imagine you walking know, up to a truck and be like, "Hey, can I get a bowl of Lucky Charms?" Having I raised children, I understand that if you're surrounded by all this amazing food, there's always going to be a kid in the group that's, I just want some Wheaties. <laughs> you know, October 1st is the deadline, so you could get that in there if uh, if, if you're serious about this. Yeah, I just might have to do that. Get Make it happen. Station <laughs> Make it happen. Take the station van and just <laughs> slinging bowls of cereal out the back. I think that would work. 
But again, we've been speaking with Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat from Main Street Martinsburg about the four-state food truck event. Thanks for coming in and talking about that a little bit. I'm super excited. I know uh, people around the town and the area are super excited about it. Uh, and I'm glad that something like this is coming into downtown because it's pretty cool. So thanks for stopping in. You Thank you it. for having us. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. And you can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewater. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. Before the break, if you missed it, we had Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat from Main Street, Main Street Martinsburg on to talk about the four-state four food truck event. Goodness, if I could talk, being all All your tied. effort going into making sure you pronounce that last uh, name and then everything else. I've done the same thing. Then I get all twisted up. Totally but, get it. But talking about the four-state food truck fest, which is going to be in downtown Martinsburg, October 23rd from noon to 7 p.m., free to attend. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to be a super, super cool event, like 15 or so food mm-hmm. trucks going to be all lined up through downtown, going to have uh, the West Virginia game on TV, food and drinks, adult beverages. Uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty fun. I'm looking pierogi. forward to it. Pierogies. Yeah. So cool. I do like a good pierogi, mm-hmm. pierogi uh, every once in a while. But yeah, you think you're going to make it to that one? I would love to. Mm-hmm. I would, the, the pierogi would be worth the trip, I think. <laughs> Just, you know, I didn't have to make it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the last. I've, I've only had frozen pierogies. I've never had a fresh one. And I've. Think frozen pierogies are just as good. They're they're very good, and if you like, juice them up with some mm-hmm. like um you know caramelized onions and stuff. And mm-hmm. I threw a lot of butter and a lot of sour cream on mine. But same comma uh, if you if you ever get a chance to go to some of the areas where there are Polish neighborhoods, mm-hmm. like we had a family reunion up in Niagara when when uh, year, yeah and we went over at like Buffalo area. Really good oh, yeah. from a restaurant, and of course, like Pittsburgh and stuff. All that Western PA, there are mm-hmm. all kinds of good. Uh, yeah pierogies out that way definitely but very cool so yeah and then uh, uh so we did have another big uh politician coming around town over the uh, last such, week such a busy week last last week um u.s senator shelly moore capito came to town on wednesday and i got out there and got to interview her she was touring the police uh station and all of that and then on friday uh u.s senator joe manchin came to town to support his friend john unger as he is transitioning into a magistrate seat mm-hmm. um so uh, and it will no longer be a state senator so he came to support his his friend uh, uh senator unger who's now magistrate unger uh, but i also talked to him a little bit about a bit of a contentious issue as far as voter rights you're up in the panhandle can you yeah. speak to our panhandle audience the listeners of the panhandle news network and metro news about uh, your support for the uh, Freedom to Vote Act. Freedom to Vote Act. Well, that's a combination of basically, at first, I was the only Democrat that did not support for the people because I thought it was too far reaching. And we have to get back to the voting, Protect the Voting Rights Act of 1965, or they'll call it the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. So we took a lot of the things we're doing in West Virginia. I said, guys, this makes sense and it's worked well. So they've incorporated a lot, they got rid of a lot and trimmed it down to where now we have a bill that we're working on. And we have now a chance to sit down with our Republicans, our Republican friends, to see if they have the same feeling they had in 2006 and before when they used to vote unanimously. It was all bipartisan to vote, protect the Voting Rights Act. No one should be, no one should be not accessible basically to the voting. Voting, the primary support of voting is a, it's, a, it's the bedrock of our democracy. It should be accessible. 
we should encourage people everywhere we can to help them go vote. That's their responsibility and their obligation as an American citizen. Next of all, it has to be secured. And next of all, the vote has to be counted accurately. It's pretty basic. But if you're trying to prohibit people from voting and making it more difficult for people to register and trying to make it almost impossible to get their vote counted, then you're going to basically destroy democracy. And that's not what we're about. So I'm hoping this will give us a start to sit down and work on good, concrete, common sense voting rights. And that was U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Uh, he made a quick stop into the panhandle Friday. I think he toured PNG. And uh, I encouraged him to go get some apple pie. He told me he would, but I don't know. You know, sometimes he strikes they get me as busy. a guy that would like a good apple pie. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's and cool. Every, all these uh, big day West Virginia politicians making a stop at the Panhandle. The interesting thing, because you know, you you stick a you know phone or mic or whatever in front of their faces, and they, you, they never know really what you're asking mm-hmm. them. You know, and nothing's been pre prepared. And I could have been asking him about anything. And when I asked him about John Unger, he said, yeah, I, I come down for all his things. I was here for his ordination. Really? Yeah. So, so you know, it's kind of neat that he came down and supported uh, John Unger. Because um, John Unger's been in the Senate since 1998. And, wow. And, um, you know, had to make that transition out in order to serve as a magistrate. So, kind of nice to have some friendly folks supporting him, I imagine. Absolutely. It's always nice to have those big, you know, state and national politicians, you know, coming back home and, mm-hmm. you know, checking out things a little bit. Uh, makes you feel like you're not forgotten. It seems like here in the Panhandle, uh, we get forgotten fairly regularly, at least from state mm-hmm. government. Yeah, but we're a short trip over from D.C. That's for the it. U.S. senators. <laughs> That's it. So uh, that always makes it a little nicer. But yeah. Well, that just about does it for us today. Yeah. Did you do anything cool this weekend other than listen to, to a football game? <laughs> you know, that is kind of cool. It, you're going to turn into a sports fan. I'll be like a super fan. <laughs> we got to get you shirts and stuff. <laughs> uh, it, it's really cool because it's a whole different kind of broadcasting. So mm-hmm. that's fascinating as a student broadcasting. But yeah, I went to a craft fair. How was that? That was great. And I went with it's my best It's craft fair friend. season pretty it much is. now, isn't it? So yeah, this I love it. It's so much fun. And the guy went to church and got a lot of stuff done around the house over the weekend. So, yeah, it was a win. And you were, you know, exhausted, I'm sure, <sighs> after driving home from Pennsylvania. I got back uh, a little late on Saturday, um, even though I had a million texts and calls from friends of mine because uh, they wanted me to come meet everybody out uh, after a friend of ours wedding mm-hmm. at the bars and whatnot. And I was like, Ugh, I just couldn't do it. And I didn't want to be like that tired you know, sober guy out at the bar with all these people that have been partying at a wedding all day. Nobody wants to be that stick in the mud guy. So I was like, no, I'm more than happy to fall asleep here on the couch in about 25 minutes. What an adult decision. Crazy, right? Right. But uh, yeah, it went too bad. See, I'm looking this up here. Uh, speaking of craft shows, uh, I know this is a big one that uh, probably on your calendar, but it's coming up uh, here soon. It's the Smithsburg Steam Engine Ooh, and Craft Show. I've heard that is a good one. I've never been, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've heard um, good things about it. Yeah, up in Smithsburg, Maryland, not too far away. About what? What do you say? Half hour drive, maybe. Maybe, Give or take. Maybe, yeah, maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. But it's big. I got all kinds of different stuff that's going to be there. So I'm trying to find the thing. It's free. Uh, parking by donation. No pets allowed, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up Saturday. Do you see a time on there? Oh, here it goes. September 25th and 26th. So coming up uh, here in a week. coming weekend. Yeah. So uh, that'll be up in Smithsburg, Maryland. But um, yeah, I think that just about does it for us. Got anything else that pops up in your brain? Uh, yeah. Did the Ravens? Do well. Oh, <laughs> yes, they did. A comfort behind wind that I unfortunately missed by a few minutes because I fell asleep uh, on you their final drive. You came up on them. <laughs> I fell asleep before uh, 
everything got going, so go figure. But for Marshall Kavalik, <laughs> this is uh, I'm Jordan Nice It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. CST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.